wrestling with my brother. We got a podcast, yeah. Wrestling with my brother. Keep this in. We're live. Hello and welcome back to the podcast that let its daughter have a go at running things for a bit, but has now decided that daddy should be back in charge. It's wrestling with my brother. That's right, Darren's daughters. Get off my podcast. My daughter actually did want to appear on this, but I said, look, daddy does a bit of swearing and Uncle Craig does a bit of swearing on here. Um, So it's it's probably not for your ears. Don't fuck off. (laughs) <laughs> you thought us are the coolest dudes in the world I would completely PG myself If she wanted to come on We should. We could do a little segment Little one That was discussed, that was suggested We might. We could get them to watch it And like give their little review of it Or something like that, that might be good Yeah, send them a death match Here we go, it's a CCW match Get it, get on board <laughs> Daddy, he's blading oh, I'm so proud of you <laughs> Daddy, I've done it too. <laughs> ah, but my yeah. intro actually related to the fact that um, Vince just can't stay out of it, can he? He's back, and he's uh, and Steph's stepped aside. I, I'm see. I viewed all the rumors. My wife's been telling me bits and pieces. Tell me what what's happened fully now, because I've heard Saudi Arabia have bought the company. What's going on here? So I think. The Saudi Arabia thing is a rumour. I don't think that's been confirmed yet. But basically, Vince McMahon has come back and he is now back on the board. He stepped down from all of his roles last year because of that whole um, sexual misconduct Mm. stuff. But now the company is looking to sell and he's basically come back to oversee that is, is what it is. He's kind of voted himself onto the board and yeah i don't think he's necessarily going to be anything to do with the on-air product but it's certainly not a good look that you know wwe was being co-run with two ceos uh one of which was a woman and then now she's she's gone and there's only one ceo who's a man so that's that's certainly not a good look no but why are they selling they're printing money they've been number one for decades i don't why are they selling do we know um, I think because they've reached a good value, a good place, and uh, they 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 want to get you know more money. It's uh, it's a family run business, though. It's been the McMahon's baby for as long as McMahon's have been babies. I don't. It's a family run business. Why would they suddenly sell well, it? So they don't. It's a public. It's a publicly owned business, isn't it? You know, there are shareholders, yeah. and I think they're looking to sell it and and get. You know, get some money out of it. Saudi Arabia makes sense because they've been investing in sports things all over the world. And of course, they've got this yeah. big agreement with WWE anyway. But yeah, it's uh, interesting for that way. Well, it's all looking good for my boy uh, TK then. <laughs> I see him on Twitter with his cigars. He's like, everyone's been so nice to me today. <laughs> that was a really funny tweet. Yeah. I didn't realise that the other CEO of WWE, co-CEO is Stephanie, who is now the sole CEO, his name is Nick Khan. So I'm expecting yeah. some kind of uh, major swerve that him and Tony are related and there's going to be a a massive mm. union between the two. 
That's right, Vince. I was related to Tony all along. <laughs> I, d- I don't know who, who crazy Irish man that was supposed to be. Um, MJF, the biggest heel and current AEW champion, is promos. I, I do think they're unscripted when, you know, when you he's like, oh, I rolling. Yeah, of course, everything's scripted. He's like, I've been talking to my buddy Khan and I don't mean Tony. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And he calls Triple H trips. He mentions WWE a lot. And uh, yeah, about jumping ship. But yeah, apparently he's been talking to old Nicky boy. But who knows? It's this wrestling. It's uh, stranger than fiction, isn't it? Certainly is. And um, what are the wrestling news? Oh, Don West sadly passed away, didn't he? Only 59. Oh, I, uh, it's just, that's very, very sad. Oh, he was a legend. He was a legend. We might we might get to talk about him a bit a bit later on, though. We will, yeah. Well, he was one of the voices of TNA, wasn't he, basically? That's right. So, uh, yeah, it's our little roundup. Get on with the first segment, is it? What are we saying? I'm saying no. I'm saying new year, new me, new rules, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're not there, are you? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, here we are. No, I am. I've got two, actually. I've got two of our segment, but both of them are related to clips in this podcast. So because it's a new year and we're going to do things in a slightly new way, I'm going to bring them in after the clips in question. Now, we didn't discuss this offer. You can't drop this on me live. There's a red recorded light on. You can't drop this bombshell now. Bombshell. I haven't even made a bloody soundbite for it. After after all your big ball swears, after this, you'd be like, can you make me a little intro clip for it? No. No? No, that's it. Just carry oh. on with your first clip. Oh, I don't like this at all. Doesn't New like a change. Thing. No, I don't. I'm like, oh, father. Oh, fine. All right. If I'm being coerced. Well, that was a, that was a really good who would win there. Love that one. Now onto my first clip. Oh, that felt better. This <laughs> this is Hulk Hogan versus, and I'm sorry if I butcher your name, Genichiro Tenry or Tenru at Super Wrestle ninety one. 91年ドーム最終決戦、SWS、WWF頂上対決。天竜源一郎対ハルクホーガンの一戦。この声が聞こえているんでしょうか。菊さん、はい。Hulk Hogan, wrestling. Two words that go together like wrestling and brother. Brother? But old Hulkster was always more of a spectacle kind of performer than a map technician. I think you'll agree. Not here, though. Not at all. Six bloody years after blowing up the wrestling landscape at WrestleMania 1, here old Terry is in the Orient battling, again, the name that I can't pronounce and I probably uh, butchered it, Genichiro Tenry. I mean, what is this? I know when I sent you the clip, you said, oh, you you know of it and you were possibly looking to feature it. I came across this on social media. I was like, what am I actually watching here? Look how seriously he comes to the ring. And with a taped fist. Who do you think you are? Balls Mahoney? Then pushing the ring announcer out the way. I mean, who is this guy? NWO wasn't formed for another five years. And here he is, Mr. Big Balls, 
Big Balls Terry, taped fist, real American, my ass. And then the wrestling starts. And I'm like, I literally do not know what I'm watching here. Drop toe holds, mat wrestling, big boot, kick out, leg drop, kick out. This match completely took me by surprise. And I'm sure everyone else who watches this clip will be the same. Took me by surprise. Hulk Hogan can wrestle. Who knew? I mean, we've often talked about how Hogan wasn't a very good technical wrestler, but I've also said it many times. He didn't need to be. His gimmick, his character, was a larger-than-life, immortal hulk of a man. He could get away without doing any of the technical stuff and just doing punches and kicks and power moves because of that character. But, of course, he couldn't get away with that sort of thing in Japan because... Well, at least at this time, they valued technical wrestling a lot more and he would have been booed or even laughed out of the arena. Mm. But yeah, I, I haven't seen him do any of those moves before. Boston Crab, drop toe hold, running, jumping knee to the face. Madness. And yeah. that, that crowd, so hot as well. I mean, wow, they are really into it. Yeah, but I... It... Okay, I get it. And, you know, you say back then, no, still now, you know, Japan is the place to go for technical hard hit in wrestling. He would have been laughed at the building. They have gimmicks, but, you know, they, they paired up with amazing wrestling abilities. But just to see him pretty much as a, as a heel or at least a rude and arrogant guy over this all-American squeaky clean vitamin dude that we're used to, that was equally shocking. I think they would be a bit more forgiving now. I think they're more used to an international product and they know the WWE and they know that kind of wrestling. I'm not saying they would necessarily support it, but, you know, 30 years ago, they weren't necessarily exposed to that sort of wrestling as much because their own was so big and so popular. So wrestlers that went over there had to fit into their style. I think now with, you know, internet and everything, they're a bit more savvy to it. That's, that's what I meant. But uh, yeah, mm. it was... It was and the presentation as well, you alluded to it, but it felt more like a big fight, didn't it? Like a boxing match, you know, the way that yeah. they came out and that the stagecraft and everything. It wasn't the wrestling arena that we were used to. It was more like a sport. It was taken a lot more seriously. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's in the Tokyo Dome, an amazing, iconic venue, which still to this day is, is just smashing out events left, right and centre. But he didn't even come to the ring with his kind of finger bopping and he didn't high five anyone. You know, I wasn't expecting him to come to the ring in that tiny little makeshift ring that they used to back in the day. But like, like he should have still been a, a face, but he was like rude. He just straight on, you know, straight, straight to the ring. No showboat for the crowd. It's very bizarre. Well, I think he was playing the heel here, wasn't he? He was the, the foreigner mm. coming over to, you know, get one over on the, the big star. But yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was certainly interesting. And that leads me on to my first. Who would win? Oh, you've even, even stolen my intro music as well, have you? So, Craig, who would win in a technical wrestling match? between Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin. Because I remember a match that Steve Austin was made to wrestle during the Attitude Era. I think it was against Chris Benoit, um, where he had to wrestle a technical match. And it was quite surprisingly good because, obviously, he was a trained wrestler, but his gimmick 
wasn't about all that. It was about mud mm. hole stomping and, you know, <laughs> kicking yeah. ass. So who, how would you book a match between those two if it had to be a technical oh, masterpiece? You can't say, how would I book it? How would I book it? Or who would win? Or are you saying they're the same thing? All right, that's fine. We've had a bit of confusion about this feature before, haven't we? <laughs> New Year, same confusion. Um, I would... I mean, because I've seen Austin, obviously, in ECW and, and WCW. He was a good wrestler. And we featured him in matches, you know, with, with his blonde, lovely locks. And he, he's put on some amazing uh, performances. Um, so, do you want to dare now? What, when? Like, back then or, or now or... When is this taking place, this boat? I mean, this is fantasy, so it can take place whenever you want. I wouldn't have it taking place now, given their age <laughs> and, and lack of mobility. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I still got to give it to Austin because I think, like, looking at what Hulk used to say about Jericho carrying him, you know, when they had that feud quite late on in, in Hulk's career and he said how much Jericho carried him and was able to put him over because Jericho can't have a bad match with anyone. So, yeah, I'd, I'd give it to Austin because I, I think that match I just talked about was a fluke. I think it's a, I think it's a one-off. I, I don't think I'll find another match when he's like that. It's, yeah. What about you? Yeah. I'd agree. I think Austin did that kind of wrestling for a larger proportion of his career mm. than Hogan did. You know, Hogan became very big very quickly and didn't have to do any of that technical stuff on a regular mm. basis. But I think it took Steve Austin a lot longer as a, as a wrestler before he became that Stone Cold character. And even then, you know, when he was Stone Cold character, well, it didn't last that long, really, in the grand scheme of things. What, what was he doing Stone Cold for about seven or eight years, maybe, in total? Yeah, well, he was off with uh, Broken Neck, wasn't he, for portion of that and then he left didn't he, he just left Vince in the lurch fuck you kid I'm good that was Austin by the way he just popped in say hello god damn good so uh, yeah so there we go are you happy now I've done a who would win well no because I'm now thinking okay the next pod what, what are we doing it we've got to base it on we should we should we should cement some rules in place now, especially because it's on the record. <laughs> um, so are we doing it now based on a match that we've... <laughs> i I got to have order there, and I can't just... <laughs> if, if there's one thing our listeners want more of, it's on-air admin. <laughs> yeah, let's hash this out. Right, let's go. So yeah, are we doing that it's over? <laughs> Carrying on. No, I just, I was trying to come up with an idea for one and I had two good ideas based on matches we'd featured and I thought, you know, I'll shake things up a bit and put them there next week and every other week we can go back to normal. What do you mean two good ideas? Well, I'm doing another one later on. Uh, do you know what? I can't, we just got to get onto your first clip because I'm, I'm already grey AF. This is stressing me out. Just go on, just do yours. <laughs> oh. Onto my first clip. This is Team 3D versus Curry Man and Shark Boy in a fish market street fight in TNA. They got a fish they want to hit them with. Folks, let me tell you something. That's not a singing bass right there. That's the real thing. Oh, man. Oh, and can you imagine? Face first right into the fish. Curry Man picks it up and, oh, drilled him right across the back. Yep. I'll say it. 
Don't worry, be happy. Holy mackerel, what a shot that was. Oh, man, how do you call this? He just jams him in the gut right there with a tuna or something. Wow. I tell you what, I'll identify the holes, you identify the fish. That's well, our deal. A, I see a, I see a striper right there. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm going to depend on keep this with the fisherman to help me out with it. I mean, straight off the bat, this is the first time I've ever seen Devon Topless. <laughs> that that used to be his name before he uh, he took on the the Dudley moniker. Devon Topless. <laughs> um, I've only ever seen him wrestling a t-shirt or a vest before, so to see his pecs on display was, was the first for me. He's a fucking beast, mind and he like a, he's not overweight. He's not muscly like Lesnar, but he's massive. His arms are bigger than my waist. I'm not saying something. His pecs were a lot bigger than I thought. I don't know why he covered up so much because he he was a beast at this point. Yeah, um, and obviously the toplessness didn't last long, but it was still a first for me. <laughs> oh, Curry Man and Shark Boy! My God, what a <laughs> pair of shit gimmicks! <laughs> I mean, they're the sort of gimmicks that you'd expect to see on an independent wrestling show at a provincial British leisure centre in the 80s. <laughs> Not on the pay-per-view show of a major US wrestling promotion in the 2000s. Oh, God. Well, I mean, they're just <laughs> both just so awful. And Curry Man was uh, Christopher Daniels, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I get the idea that Christopher Daniels had been cafe fired and so he wrestled under this gimmick for a while, but oh yeah. god, what a shit gimmick. <laughs> uh, and so so culturally offensive. But <laughs> yeah, the match. All I could think of throughout this match was how much it must have stunk. I would not have wanted to be in that <laughs> crowd even before the fish started being thrown around. I mean I would have I hate fish. I would have been absolutely wretching <laughs> if I'd been anywhere near that shit. I would have I would have missed this match. I'd been I would have gone home. But you know, even if I'd managed somehow to stick it out, the second they started lobbing dead fish around, I'm like, I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, it was a very funny match though. It, it's often listed among the most entertaining TNA matches, you know, using dead fish, fishing rods, nets, paddles as weapons, all all you know, really good, unique stuff. There was a funny botch as well. I don't know if you saw it at the 15 minute uh, 50 mark where Devon is supposed to block a move from Curryman into a counter, but instead he falls over. And then yeah. you can hear Curryman shout an audible, just kick me, seconds <laughs> afterwards. I always like it when those <laughs> things uh, come up. But um, yeah, that was uh, that was funny. But yeah, just, just a funny match. There's lots of funny moments. I'm sure you're going to list a few, you know, Brother Ray getting uh, fished on the end of a fishing rod. That was, that was funny. A lot of the commentary was hilarious, but yeah, Dead fish to the bollocks. <laughs> Very funny. It's the podcast title right there. Dead fish to the bollocks. I'll put a star where the O should be. Sorted. Well, then, like you, brother Darren, I love fish. And I also love street fights. Shell, yeah. <laughs> you didn't even mention uh, Shark Boy's rather blatant Steve Austin gimmick. <laughs> really? Yeah. Weird. Well, I did, but I think that was the point, wasn't it? He was going yeah. through a what was it Stone Cold Fish or something, and he yeah. used Stone Cold's music. I was like, how'd they get away with that? Well, it's, it's a variation of it. I think like 
uh, what did Joey Styles used to say back in the day, like in ECW with the BWO? Because it's a parody, you can get away with it and not be sued because it's a parody of it, not, you know, they're not cashing in on the actual thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, like like good old Don said, how do you call this? <laughs> Just it's a madness. This is a match that I really would have picked, and I was amazed when you picked this, but in a good way. I mean, the ding dong on the fishing line. I love that. Bubba Ray, the greedy little kid, like, oh, oh food. <laughs> that back body drop onto the iced fish. Oh, <laughs> fucking French kissing that fish before. Yeah, like you said, bollock twat and a man dresses a curry. <laughs> like, I'd seen that gif loads of, of Bubba Ray doing that. And I'm like, where's that from? I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, I. Yeah, there's not much else I can say, but you know, as you said at the start of the pod, R.I.P. to uh, to Don West. Your energy and enthusiasm would be sorely missed, and you know, he he did, he, he just made matches back in the day. I t- was it you or my wife said that he's not even might have been you that he come from telly sales, didn't he? Was that you that told me that? I can't remember. Maybe when I was watching TNA, but. When you haven't said that recently, no, recently, or maybe I maybe I read it. You'll have to corroborate that. It'll be a what the hell was I thinking next week? But no, it, it, so he came from telly sales and he was like, selling, Can you imagine him? You've got to get this toaster. He previously worked as a host for the Shop at Home Network. That's it. So, yeah, you like most color commentators are journalists and they or you know, some kind of broadcaster. And he's there like, we've only got five diamond rings left. <laughs> well, according to Wikipedia, he achieved a degree of fame in the 90s for his loud, energetic, abrasive sales pitches on late night TV and for his blunt tone and persuasive style. <laughs> perfect. Perfect for TNA. Oh, th- those two were great because you had uh, Mike Tanay, who's very, well, it's a bit, bit like us, to be honest. I'm Don West, all big and loud and brash, and you're Mike Tanay, very formal and stern and frowny for the most part. Educated, I'd say, you know, very kind of straight-laced. But he, he got, Don got quite a bit out of Tanay, which is what I'm doing with you. I'm eking sweet personality out, no, nice. this pod. So what you're saying is you got street smarts, but I got book smarts. Yes, you're too school for cool and vice versa for me. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So if you're too school for cool, I mean... Oh, yeah. All right, on to my second clip. It's a silly one tonight, bro, isn't it? Silly pot, this one is. This clip is basically just called Will We See The Undertaker Do A Spinneroonie? I think... Before we leave Seattle tonight, there's a little something that these people want to see. seen me do the spin a rooney now I think it's time for the Undertaker Rooney 
I love this. I've been wanting to feature this for a while. It's a well-known fact that back in the Attitude Era, The Rock, Triple H, and Stone Cold frequently tried to break The Undertaker's character. All three men have had some classic comedy moments back in the day, along with the likes of Kurt Angle, Rikishi, Booker T, and Goldust. But never Taker, the dead man, Phenom, American badass, but never the butt of the joke. Until now. This classic attitude moment took place once Raw uh, was off the air. And in my view, uh, this is just comedy gold. I love when Booker <laughs> I love when Booker does the taker sit-up to kind of show him how we could transition into the taker Rooney. It was like, no, no, if you're on the fence, look, you can do your your kind of signature thing first. Oh, outtaker tries so hard not to laugh throughout. You know is absolutely killing him. <laughs> You've had balls for 12 years today, no balls. <laughs> but yeah, my my favorite has to be the Vince Rooney. I mean that that's it, isn't it? That's everything that you need. How he didn't injure himself doing that. I mean, the man's injured himself running to the ring on more than one occasion. How he didn't rip his <laughs> ligaments to shreds or pull a pull his back out or something doing that. It's a <laughs> miracle. Oh, it's funny though, isn't it? It was funny. I know they do a lot of fun stuff for the crowds after these shows have gone off the air, and some of them are recorded and shared, and others you get these bootleg clips of. And uh, I think we should probably try and feature more of them because this was this was very good, good, good entertainment, a lot of fun. I like the way they kept bringing out the other wrestlers to goad him into doing it. You know, it was yeah. uh, it was very good. Triple H, he, he didn't get many funny lines during this era, did he? Because he's very serious. But that whitest man on the planet clip was absolute gold. <laughs> but every time we feature an attitude clip, I'm like, my God, you could not play this at all now, could you at all? No. Do you know my mm. my absolute favorite standout moment of this clip this <laughs> is at seven minutes 54 when booker launches lance storm out of the ring while shouted get your ass out of here <laughs> yeah, I, I spat my drink out of that bit <laughs> that brilliant oh it's just it's just silliness and you could t- I, I forgot how ginger the undertaker is as well he's proper like ginger back in the day wouldn't he yeah well we Saw those very early Mean Mark Callis videos, didn't we? When he had kind of long ginger hair and we talked about it then. Yeah. But but no, you're right. I'd forgotten about the dead man gimmick, uh, you know, the yeah American, American badass. badass gimmick that he had that hair. I hadn't forgotten the gimmick. I mean, I tried to forget it because of crap. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I thought that I forgot that he had his, his natural hair color during it. It was an odd gimmick, yeah. wasn't it? It was a very it was a really weird time. I think it was closer to what he would have wanted to have been if, if he'd been able to choose his own gimmick. Yeah, it's him. It's him, essentially. And he'd, he'd been worn out. He hadn't gone to any other promotion. He was just battered and beaten and just sick of being the phenom. And I think, I don't know, but I, I think I think I heard that he wanted to take a break and then it's like, no, what else can we do? What can we do to keep you, you know, do what you want? And yeah, he's like, well, I'll fucking ride a bike to the ring then, done. <laughs> Well, I think as well, he'd been to some quite, I mean, literally dark places uh, oh. during the, the the previous run that he'd had, you know, in the Attitude Era as The Undertaker, because there'd been some really dodgy storylines, you know, involving crucifixion and, and Satan worshipping and 
some yeah. stuff that maybe we could pick in future clips. But it did get very dark and heavy, and then he went off injured for a long time. So mm. I, I don't suppose it's surprising that he wanted to lighten the tone and have a bit of fun for a bit. But yeah, not enough fun to do a spin a Rooney. <laughs> Take a Rooney. No, not quite enough. Oh, yeah. On to my second clip and uh, featuring the same person again. This is The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin drinking some wine. Shall I pour? Well, absolutely, man. I shall. Watch it pour. Mm. Oh, We're going to let it breathe a little bit. I will. Hang on, hang on. Watch this. I always want kind of a, now that's a pretty long pour, but it's a short pour. Okay, oh, now watch this. You ever go to Napa? Have you been to Napa Valley? That's, where is that, Australia? It's California. Yeah, it's the same thing. A little bit north of here. A little bit north of here? You been here? I, I think I drove Watch this, it. watch this. But What's that mean? What's that we, mean? No, we used to always go there, I mean, my wife said, oh, look at the legs, look at the legs, the way it runs down in glass. Something about how the way it's supposed to affect your taste buds. I'm like, who gives a flying F about the legs? I just want to know what it tastes like when I taste it. Have you ever seen two less likely wine drinkers in your entire life? This is this is life for me. This is probably the shortest clip either of us have ever featured. This was everything that I want in life. I, <laughs> I'm pretty certain that before this, neither of these men have willingly drunk a glass of wine. <laughs> I, I'm I'm willing to put money on that. <laughs> you know, and although it's a very funny visual, I'm calling BS on Undertaker stamping on the grapes himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. In fact, I am certain that The Undertaker has next to nothing to do with the entire winemaking process except to allow his name to be used on the product. Yeah. So when did you decide to start doing wine? Oh, just this past year. <laughs> what, my agent told me it would be a good money-making scheme? Well, yeah, and it, he absolutely gave his ignorance away when he didn't know where Napa Valley was, one of the most <laughs> famous wine regions in the world. I know fuck all about wine, and I know about Napa Valley. <laughs> I know. Oh. But um, yeah, this was this was a very funny clip. I mean, Stone Cold is really leaning into his Texan accent these days, isn't he? <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? <laughs> was that that was like a parody of Stone Cold? That was like an impersonator doing a doing a Stone Cold voice. That's that's so that he can't sue himself. Like if it's a parody of himself, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's really leaning into it. So uh, I, I don't know whether he's doing it for effect or whether he was actually holding back during his wrestling career, but that was, that was properly full on. Uh, but still, I mean, gen for, for all my piss taken, this was a genuinely nice clip of two old friends just hanging out together. And uh, yeah, I've got to say, it, there was a lot of warmth that came from it as well. I, I, I did like it. I thought, oh, that's, that's really nice, isn't it? You know, it's life. It's, it's, it's just life. Another goofy moment involving Taker. It's like we planned it, bro. It's like it's meant to be. Oh, just, yeah, go. It's, it's exactly like you say, going from seeing Taker dying not to laugh in order to break character to seeing him be himself and be silly. It, it does. It does warm my little heart. It was nice. It, like you never see him chuckle or, or smile, you know, or anything. So th this was really. Really nice. <laughs> Just like, watch this pour. 
you gotta let it breathe a little bit. I'm like, what is going on? Now, brother, I don't remember this episode of Food and Drink back in the day, <laughs> but I was half expecting Jilly Bloody Gordon to pop out from backstage and give both a lesson in familiarism. Okay, you've encountered Cabernet Sauvignon before, but you ain't smelt anything yet. Get your nose in. But uh, yeah, that anecdote, like you said, <laughs> Stone Cold and his wife and Happy Valley. Who gives an F about the legs? <laughs> See them? It's from the glass. There's the legs. Oh, watch them legs coming down. Take us like, what the hell are you talking about? Who gives an F about the legs? <laughs> Amazing. And yet, like you said, I love how Taker acts like he's never tasted wine in his life. It's your bloody drink. It's, he's just, he's shrugging, sniffing it like he knows what he's doing. He didn't have a clue. That could have been Ribena to him, couldn't it? I know. I wish I wish you'd just be a bit honest and say, look, you know, two guys came to me with a good business opportunity. Can we put the Undertaker's brand on some wine? Or maybe it was a WWE thing. I don't know. And, and he's got to you know, promote it. And he's thinking, yeah, whatever. Instead of pretending that he's, he's into wine all of a sudden. And he's obviously not. Yes, but it's still alcohol and he's still a gruff wrestler. It's not like bloody Terry promoting his cleaning products on there. Uh... <laughs> morning TV in Britain though, is it? That was proper left field. Yeah, but also it's not a cool alcohol, is it? It's not a beer, you know, for a rough, gruff Texan. It's not a vodka, which is a cool person. It's not even a tequila, like a, you know, a harsh, you know, Mexican wrestler's drink. It's <laughs> fucking wine. Wine and wrestlers just don't mix. I mean, the only wrestler I think could, could legitimately... Uh, say to be a wine fan was um, Andre the Giant because he grew up in France where wine is is the way of life, you know, and I could see him drinking bottle after bottle of wine, but neither of these are convincing wine drinkers whatsoever. Name the other one, bro. I've just thought of a funny little uh, little side game here. Name the other one. Name the other wrestler who made wine famous. Oh, okay, you've got me, but I'm going to know the answer when you say it. Oh, it's Chris Jericho. A little bit of the bubbly. (laughs) (laughs) Who gives a half about the legs? I want you to... (laughs) I watch these YouTube videos and, like, they'll take a stupid little thing and just repeat it every single episode, every video. This guy buys a toy and he goes, it's for my son! And every time they end with that, I want you to cut up, who gives an F about the legs? And just put it everywhere now for the next 50 episodes, please. Okay, maybe. We'll see. No, definitely do it, because you messed up the bloody the, the intro part, you know, under our... our... <laughs> no, no, I didn't, because here's part two of... Who would win? Yes. I said I had two of them, and this is the second one. Brother, who would win between Stone Cold and The Undertaker after drinking a bottle of wine each? Ah, Stone Cold again! <laughs> he, bloody, he drinks, he quaffs the bloody beer like he's gone out of fashion. And and again, he'd probably have a bottle of wine, be a bit wobbly, and say, who gives a damn about my legs? <laughs> <laughs> you don't think Taker, who's, who's obviously... Quite a big guy, bigger than Austin physically, would uh, would have the body mass to absorb the wine a little bit better than Austin. 
No, because in that clip, I guarantee that's the first bloody time he's tasted his own wine. So no, Austin's probably already tanked from having a keg in his... <laughs> I keg the goddamn keg in my green room, son! You know he's backstage on these Broken Skull sessions, like, taining the beer. No pun intended. No, it's quite... Any... We've done Austin versus Sandman in a drink-off. It's Austin all the way. He's just... He's a machine, isn't he? Uh, but in a fight, I meant after drinking a bottle of wine, not who can drink the most, who would win in a wrestling match. Yeah, well, again, like Austin, you, you said earlier, his repertoire in that era was kicking and punching. Get pissed, barroom brawl. God damn, son. It's, it's done deal, isn't it? So Austin, he's two for two in my book. Yeah, I've got to agree. I've got to agree. He was the hard drinking some bitch. So why why not? <laughs> Although no. wine wine is different to, to beer. You know, beer is like fighting juice. Wine, maybe they'll just both end up kind of sat on the ring apron, consoling each other, <laughs> te- tears flooding down. <laughs> You're my best friend. My mum never loved me. <laughs> yeah. you know? Goddamn, take a list philosophize for goddamn seconds, son. <laughs> Let's talk about the universe, not just about us, kid. <laughs> and then they'll go home. Grab some popcorn and, and watch a chick flick together while crying. Oh, that's that's beautiful. That's what a perfect place to end. That's it. Um, well, do you want to sign us out in the manner of Stone Cold Steve Austin? Because I think you do a really good Stone Cold voice. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, goddamn kid, you put me on the goddamn spot here. I'm uh, I'm goddamn Stone Cold Steve Austin. This been wrestling with my goddamn brother. And we're a, we're a bi-monthly podcast. I don't care what the hell you call it. We just talk to a goddamn microphone. Have a few beers, shoot the shit. Drink some red wine. Whatever you want to bloody say. He wouldn't say bloody. I went a bit English gentleman on him there. Yeah, thank you, Steve. He's gone now. He's a bit shy. That we, we, we are, and we're here, and we're always going to be here until we can't be asked to do this anymore. And we're on all the all the platforms. Twitter, at Pod. Everywhere. You know it by now. If you don't know it, over 50 episodes in. You ain't ever gonna know a kid. So just before I uh just before I go and uh jump on my horse naked right after the sunset, who gives an F about the legs? <laughs> uh, this podcast has got legs and it will run and run. Hell yeah, brother. Goodbye. Bye. This for my son. Wrestling with my brother. We got a podcast, yeah! Wrestling with my brother!